Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Craft to Career Podcast. I am Elizabeth Chapel, the host of the podcast, and this week I am excited about the guest that we have. It's Layla Rader. She does a beautiful job designing websites. In fact, if you check out her Instagram page, it's Layla Rader Designs, and I will have the link in the show notes if you're wondering how to spell that. You will get a glimpse of the simple, sophisticated, and just really stunning work that she does. And I wanted to invite her on the podcast because branding and website design is something that business owners are wondering about and thinking about, or probably will be if you haven't yet. And so I wanted to have someone on the podcast who does that professionally and just pick their brain about some tips, when to hire someone to do it, how to kind of do it on your own until you can hire someone to do it. So I'm really excited to have her here to talk about that. Before we do that, I'm going to read the review for this week, and it comes from Charger Girl 22 She says, it's helpful and easy to follow. I tuned into Elizabeth's episode about memberships today. It was divine because I'm exploring creating a membership right now. She provided a ton of knowledge but didn't make it overwhelming. She even offers to help you one-on-one if you enroll in her preferred platform, Kajabi. I'm not sure if I'm there just yet, but this episode definitely made my wheels turn and provided guidance for when I'm ready. So Charger Girl 22, I am really excited for you. Memberships are where it's at, and I hope that it goes well for you. And she is right. If you want to set up a course or a membership and you're wondering what platform to use, I use Kajabi. Now, she mentioned that I offer one-on-one help. That's if you sign up using my affiliate link, Um, and that's because I get an affiliate bonus for people who sign up with that. And so if people are interested in doing that, I do offer one-on-one help in getting your membership or your course started. In fact, I'm helping someone right now with that. I won't share who because I don't want to steal their thunder or announce anything yet, but once this does launch, I will be sure to share about it so you can all check it out and go see how that is working for this person. But with that said, thank you again, Charger Girl 22 for your review. If you are enjoying this podcast, go ahead and leave a review. Let me know what episode is resonating with you, what what it meant to you, and why that has helped you with your business. I love to know what is helping. In fact, I get emails sometimes, uh, but I, I love getting the reviews and hearing what's resonating and what's helping with you listeners. So let's dive in and let me introduce you to Layla Rader. So Layla, welcome to the Craft to Career podcast. So happy to have you here. So happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And I actually found you, one of my past students hired you to do her website and she loved working with you. I don't know how she found you. I should ask her that, but you do great work. She was just very pleased. And so I wanted to have you on and have you just chat a little bit about branding and web design and all of the things. So for our listeners, can you describe what you do? Yes. Um, I am a website and graphic designer and I also 
I specialize in branding and then I just have a huge passion for design and I also do interior design, but that's kind of a separate thing. And I one day just want to do all of it, clothing, furniture design, but I started with website design. It kind of naturally found me. And then here I am today, like six years later doing it. And I love it because I get to meet people like you and Bella seems so me that found me and it just opens my eyes to so many different creative entrepreneurs doing what they love. And I get to be a part of that process and it's so special. So that's a little, little bit about me. Yeah. And our listeners, they won't see this, but I can see some of your decoration. It's very beautiful. I mean, when you popped on, I was like, oh man, she's got some cool design elements going on. So you just like beautiful things. You have an eye for beauty. It sounds like. I love beauty and I love aesthetics and design. And for a long time, I kind of battled with, is this a very shallow part of me that just loves beauty? And then I realized no matter what, we live in a material world. We can't control that. That's always going to surround us. And it's really a sign of respect and intention to create a beautiful space, whether that's an online space or your home or the clothes you put on your body. It's It doesn't have to be shallow. It's more, where is it coming from and why are you doing it? And it also is such a reflection of who you are and how you want to show up in the world. So I love beauty and Mm -hmm. same. Yeah. It's such a special part of this life. And it's so, I think you, a lot of people, even if they don't have an eye, they could walk into a restaurant or a room and they automatically feel this sense of ease, this sense of peace or inspiration because the space. And that's what I try to do in my work as well. When someone lands on a website, they might not know why it feels good, but it just feels good to be there and they connect with it that way. And that's what I think the power of design does. Absolutely. Well, and it's interesting. You said something about, is this the shallow part of me? And I forgot, I because I think we're very similar in the fact that I just like beautiful things. Even when I drive down a road in my mind, I'm like, man, if they just planted a few trees here and put the power lines underground, you know, how to beautify. I just, I like beautiful <laughs> things. And I forgot that I used to like feel guilt about that because it seems so foreign now because I really believe the atmosphere that we create, how we decorate, it invites a certain feel, a vibe, a spirit, whatever you want to call it. It invites that energy to you. And so we are creating a space in our homes, with our businesses, wherever it might be, that invites our people, you know, it, it creates a mood, a vibe. And And so I forgot, I don't feel, I don't feel guilty about it anymore. I actually love it. And it brings me a lot of joy and I've really embraced that, but I forgot that it did used to make me feel like, well, maybe this is shallow, but mm, I don't. Absolutely. And it also, it doesn't necessarily, I think people get confused with beauty and design that you have to be really wealthy to access design. And my mission and goal is to teach everyone that they have the tools to create a beautiful space. It can even be as simple as going on a picnic and really making it intentional or the way you set your table. Or for me, I, the way I feel really inspired and get reminded of that this isn't a shallow thing is being in nature and nature is always beautiful. And it actually like takes effort to make something messy and not so beautiful in some ways. I'm like, wait, if we 
look to nature and we really just move with it, then that's when beauty can happen. And it's such a simple process. I think it's a lot less than we think. Like it doesn't take a lot of money. It doesn't take a lot of time. It just really takes intention and um, being really aware of your surroundings and your space and how you want to feel in your space. And it could just be as simple as making your bed and picking fresh flowers. And all of a sudden it's elevated the room. Um, I know we're talking about space and design, but I think it, it kind of transfers over to web design, which I always tell my clients, think of it as your corner on the internet. It's like somebody's walking into your home. It's a very personal little space that you own on this massive web. So Mm -hmm. they kind of go hand in hand for me. Yeah. So I'm curious when you, when someone reaches out and they decide that they want to work with you, what is the process, especially let's paint the picture. It's someone who's hired you and they have no clue what their branding is at all. They have no vision, no nothing. How do you help someone in that position? That's a really good question. And I think, um, on that initial call, when someone reaches out, they might have no idea where to start, which is great and okay. Um, but what the way I guide them to even begin working together is to really get clear on there's two sort of aspects of the website. One is obviously the content. So the visuals, the, the copy itself, um, and what I call the site map, which is when you go to a website, you'll see home about read more services, whatever it might be at the top. And then maybe there's a drop down menu and then copy for each page. And that's like the actual concrete things that I need from you. And some people don't even know how to start there. And so what I tell them is let's get really clear on what you're offering and what your gifts are. Um, We can always work with a copywriter if that's, they don't feel comfortable in that space, but it kind of gives them an exercise and a homework assignment to get clear with themselves of, okay, what am I offering to the world and how can I deliver this in a really clear, direct, transparent way, but also like show them who you are. Use the language you use with in the work that you do. You don't have to fit in some cookie cutter mold. Like this is your opportunity to really come forward and and be unique and be you because that's why people will hire you over somebody else. They want to feel you. And same with the design process. Um, I always, I want this to be a really fun assignment, but if people don't know where to start, I, I have them create a Pinterest board. I'm sure you're familiar, but it's kind of a exercise where you don't, I don't want them to think too much, but just pin everything that inspires them. It could be the interior of a restaurant. It could be colors, fonts, maybe some other website designs, um, and just keep pinning. Don't think about it. And then we have a visionary meeting and we'll go over the website, the Pinterest board together, and they'll tell me what elements stood out to them, why they connected with those. Um, and I'll usually pick up a pattern really quickly. Like, okay, this person really likes clean lines. They like spaciousness. They like Maybe it's traditional meets modern. Like there's always some sort of underlying pattern that I can pick up on. And then that allows me to have a really clear visual of the look and feel of the website. And then again, with the copy, 
I need all of that to begin. So if you're at a place sitting at your house right now and you're starting a business or you want to start a website, what you really need to do is get clear on the services that you're offering, um, write the copy, maybe have your friends and family edit it if you're not in a place to invest in a copywriter, and then brainstorm and go on Pinterest, maybe look at some other websites. They don't even have to be in your field, but once you start to land and play on websites, you'll start to notice patterns. Like maybe you like a website that lands on a video and it gives you some insight into that, what that person does and it adds some depth to it. Or maybe you like the menu bar as a drop down. Like there's so many different ways, but you'll start to notice the things that stand out to you just by paying attention and looking at other websites. So those are the two kind of concrete things that we need. And then the last thing that I really like to focus on is like we start in the beginning, when you land on this website, you're giving this opportunity for your audience to really feel you and connect with you. So let's focus on the feeling of what it is that you're offering. Maybe that's um, warm and inviting and inspiring, or um, it's educational or whatever it might be, that feeling is what I like to bring through through the website. So when I'm designing it, I keep those those feelings in mind. And if that person is really loud and playful, I'm going to think of those elements as well. So that way, once the website's designed, they'll they'll be like, wait, this feels like me. And that's, that's when I know I did a good job. That is really cool. So I believe Belle was telling me that you, you only work with certain web hosts. Is that right? Am I using all the terminology, right? Yeah. So I am, I call, I'm a designer, a front end designer, and I'm not, I tried coding when I started out and I realized quickly, this isn't something I enjoy There's a lot of people that are good at this. Either I can work with a coder if somebody comes to me and really insists on using a WordPress site or something like that, and I can do the front-end design and they can build it. But I use Wix, and so many of you can actually use Wix, even if you don't have the budget to hire a website designer because it's very user-friendly. And the way... I love it too because it's very customizable. There's other website posts like Squarespace and um, Kajabi, they're also really great and user-friendly, but you're kind of locked into a theme more, which is fine if you don't care so much about the design. But for me as a designer, I like the flexibility. Um, Wix is very, like I can really customize it, which is amazing. And then once the design is set and in place, I'll walk my clients through how to make changes on the back end themselves so that you feel really empowered to add a new product to your shop or change the copy or swap out a photo. So you don't need to hire me or a coder to do those for you down the road. And Wix, I love because it's great for entrepreneurs starting out. They have an online, like an e-commerce aspect. They also do email marketing. Um, So everything's kind of housed in one, but yeah, like I said, there's so many different options out there. Um, That's the one that's kind of my bread and butter, but Mm -hmm. Don't let that. That's smart. You know, I mean, just like you were saying, well, and I preach this too. Everyone should niche down and have their area that they specialize in. And you've done that. You've niched down. You help people who have a Wix site and you do really well with that. So 
I'm curious if you have a website that you've worked on recently that you are really proud of that we can put a link to or put show, you know, in the show notes that we can put photos of, if you can tell us why you're proud of it, what design elements are you just like, man, I really nailed this one or, you know, something that you're proud of and why. That's a good question. And it's so funny because I do this all day long, but I don't often stop to reflect. Mm -hmm. Um, But one that I, I just completed like last week is my dear friend, Stevie Wright. She's a breathwork facilitator and I think I just enjoyed the process so much when she gave me complete creative freedom and that's always fun for me. Um, and I just really like how it flows and how I feel like it captivates her essence. And it's so simple. Like the, the design itself is so simple, but it feels powerful because all the little words are highlighted. The imagery is so beautiful. It just, I don't know. I like the feeling of it. It might not be for everyone, but it's a website I'm proud of. So I'll, I'll send you the link to that. Yeah. And what is it called again? If our listeners just want to Google it. It's stevie-write.com. Let me check that, but okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I put you on the spot there. So thanks for rolling with that one. (laughs) Yeah. I'll, I'll double check that, but I and check out her breath work too. Cause I don't know if anyone of know that it's this is so interesting my I have a twin sister and she just was texting that she's been reading about breathing and how important which sounds so silly because we are always breathing but like to learn how to it's almost like meditation to learn how to stop and breathe is this what we're talking about is that the Mm -hmm. same kind of breathing yeah it sounds so simple but when you think about it the power of your breath like when you send awareness to a certain part of your body and you breathe into that it can change anything that you're feeling. Like if you have pain, if you're feeling stagnant, if you're feeling uninspired and she has breath work for all these different emotions or feelings in there really hard. Like it sounds so easy, but when you're doing this really hard breathing, it can feel like some people numb up, they get, yeah, it's pretty wild, but it's like, you know, that feeling after you do a really hard workout and immediately there's a shift in your being and your body and the breath is really powerful and there's all different kinds of breath work out there, but I highly recommend it to people that, especially working at home, now that a lot of us work at home all day long and you just need a change or shift um, doing like a simple five minute breath work, all of a sudden you can feel so much clarity. You can feel so much more energy. It's really incredible what what Yeah. I mean, well, now we're not talking about breath, but anyhow, my sister, well, anyways, well, Yes, it's very interesting. So I'll have to take a look at that. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm curious if there are certain design elements of a website that once it's tweaked or changed can really help someone's sales increase. Yes, I I think the main thing that comes to mind is um, having everything really clear and bite-sized bite size. So if you have a ton of copy, it feels chaotic. It's hard for the reader to really engage, especially now our attention spans, unfortunately, are so limited and short because we're on the phone all day long. So whatever it is that you're selling, make sure that's very clear, easy to get to. You don't want to have anyone have to search or find it. So right when you land on the website, have a grabber and have 
a button to that sales page or whatever it is that you're selling right away. And you can kind of sprinkle it throughout the page or the website. So it's accessible everywhere. Um, and for sales pages themselves, you kind of, it's a similar tactic, but one is you want it to look different than the rest of your website because you want it to feel like a product in itself. Um, and then using imagery with copy is important because it kind of blocks, like, again, you don't want a ton of copy at once. You want to make it very, very readable. You want to also engage the, the reader to continue and keep going. And maybe they don't buy the product on the first button, but after reading some testimonials and after getting a little bit more knowledge or depth, then they'll want to purchase it by the end of the page. So I think adding a lot of easy access buttons, being very clear and direct, um, having engaging content and imagery, I think always speaks so loud. So really invest on beautiful images. If you want to have a photo shoot or really, really nice stock images, there's some times where that's necessary. I know it's not the best option, but I think breaking up the content and making it very clear and easy to get to is the key. Yeah. I mean, I kind of heard someone talk about as far as with copy, but it sounds like this is the visual equivalent. When you're writing a paragraph, it's good to have bullet points so that the eye can easily just break it up with this, this, this. And so it sounds like with what you're saying is have images have different sections that kind of easily push a person down the page to read more. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Exactly. And it depends on the product. If it's a physical product or let's say you're selling an online course or in your case, probably patterns, there's, you want to be really clear. I'm sure you've been to a website where someone's selling something and you, you read the whole page and you're still a little bit unclear what you're buying. And that's never, you want to instantly know, okay, I'm getting, these three materials, this is what my bang for my buck is. I know you don't want any questions. You can even actually have Q and A's on your website. You want it to just all be out there. Um, and yeah, really, really clear and beautifully laid out. I wouldn't say just plop a bunch of content and put a sales or a button right then and there. It's like, you want it to kind of be a little bit of a, like a river, like going down. Okay. Here's, here's the first paragraph. And if it doesn't hook the person, maybe after the second paragraph, but you can break that up with imagery, with sections on your website. So something really bite-sized. Okay. Yeah. I like that. So if someone has a shop on a website, let's say Wix, but then and that's where they sell their patterns, but then they open up a membership and that's on Kajabi. Mm -hmm. Are there things that, that you can help with to help it not look so jarring and obvious mm -hmm. that, Oh, you're signing up for a membership on a complete different site, but that uh, the average visitor would think they're still on the same website. Totally. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, a lot of times people already have a Kajabi store when they come to me and we're building out the new site. So I think, Branding and branding, you want everything to be very cohesive and feel 
like it's you, whether it's an email that you send out or on your social media or on your Kajabi or your website. So the way to do that is you can always focus on colors and fonts. I know Kajabi has a little bit is limited with fonts, but find a font close enough to your branded font um, and colors as well and imagery style. So when you do a brand identity design, it's kind of like a toolkit that you then use in all of your marketing platforms and every asset you create so that somebody just knows it's yours just by glancing at it. And the way you can really do that is colors and fonts are huge. Um, Using similar imagery styles for everything that you do. Um, Let's see, obviously your logo. So you might want to have that on both platforms, but I think those are kind of ways that you can marry the two and make it feel not so jarring. Okay. Awesome. And for someone new to business, at what point should they reach out to hire someone? Because honestly, at the beginning, there's already a net sum. They're putting so much money into all of these things. So if someone's on a really tight budget, what is your recommendation for when to invest in the website design? Is that something that they should just prepare for up front or, you know, wait a little bit? Yeah, that's so website design can range from, it's such a broad stroke. Um, I, I feel like it can go anywhere from $500 to $50,000, you know, for website design. So if you're just starting out and you don't have really any funds to work with um, and you're pretty savvy yourselves, I know some people teach themselves how to create a website using something like Wix or Squarespace that offer templates. Um, that's a good way to start just to have something up there. And then you're really just paying for the hosting fees and your domain fee, which are pretty minimal. And then once you have enough clients and you're bringing in some more income and you have some money to spend, then I think it's a good idea to hire a website designer just to really make it feel professional and clean. Um, And also with branding, I think branding, I always start with branding and then that translates to your website design, your social media and everything like that. So really, I think the first step is if you can just be crafty and either hire, I know there's people out there that are also just starting out as website designers too and have a very low fee. So that's could be an option just to get to get going. And once you have more to work with, you can really expand. Um, but I also think having like some people start without sort of a bigger plan of how, how your business is going to grow. Um, so really what I always focus on is building, planting the seeds and focusing on your roots and foundation rather than focusing on the branches of the tree and putting all your money in this huge thing up front when you don't really have a plan of what the business plan is and how it's going to run. So the way I mean by planting seeds or focusing on your roots is that maybe you only have one client, but treat that client like it's a seed that's going to grow your entire business because that client can refer you to somebody else. And all of a sudden you have a whole client base. So if you don't have any money, you can kind of invest your time um, with what you have, the tools you have in front of you 
and really have the intention to build the foundation to have some really strong structure so that you can then invest a lot in your branding and in your business itself. So focus first, I always, I think the ground up is the best way to go. And then you can have so much fun and hire out all sorts of people and really grow this big thing. But if you're just throwing money at something that doesn't have a foundation, it's not going to work out so well. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've seen that. Or where you put a bunch of money into a grand website design and then, oh, that's not exactly what I want to do. And you're back to square one and you've wasted all that money. So you've talked about, you've touched on branding. If there's someone out there who's just new to business, do you have tips that you can share for branding? You talked about doing a Pinterest board, but even just general, like pick this many colors, a logo should be simple. I don't know. What are just some very basic? Yeah, Yeah, that's um, a really good question. So I think the key to branding is consistency. Um, And so when you, when you look at even a, a person, a friend, yourself, you kind of, there's always these characteristics that are going to be consistent. You know, that person's going to maybe always be five minutes late, but that's sort of their brand. That's who they are. Or um, it's sort of, it's kind of like the personality of your business, your brand. And so you can sit down with yourself and really get clear with who this, maybe it's a reflection of you and your gifts and look at it like, if it is a reflection of you, okay, what are the attributes? How does it feel? Is it really kind of funky and out there? Or is it very traditional? Is it very modern? And once you get a really strong feeling, then you can start to think about colors that reflect that, maybe some fonts. If it's a very traditional, you might go with a serif font, or if it's more modern, you might go with a sans serif. And I always would pick up to two fonts. So you can do head headers, um, with a more playful font, and then you want your body copy to be more legible. Um, So I would pick two fonts that you consistently use on your emails, marketing, your website, um, and then pick some colors. Pick some colors that you use every time. So when I say that, if you want blue, use the same blue. Um, You can find the hex code color number so that you can use that exact blue on everything, whether it's printing, email marketing, again, website. Um, And I wouldn't pick more than like eight colors. And with that, I would do maybe three, if they're very loud colors that you use together and make sure they look good together. Um, And then you can focus on some muted colors in that realm and kind of like, if you are doing a turquoise, you can use different shades of that exact turquoise, like make the opacity lighter and in if it it if and when it applies so you're kind of using those fonts using those colors and staying in that arena and then again with imagery if the image has like a very loud high saturated look maybe that's your brand you want to create that consistency with all your images even on your social media media or if it's a really like soft really kind of overexposed look, keep that look consistent. So those are like the very, very basic um, ways to create consistency in your branding without hiring a professional to do a brand identity. 
Nice. And then this may speak more to my personal preference, which I'm curious to hear your two cents on this. When I see my students designing a logo, oftentimes I see them adding a lot of elements to it, like a hundred different florals of all these different colors, or it's very busy. Is that okay? Because my preference is like, keep it simple, you know, but what are your thoughts on that? I would say I'm in the same boat as you. I, I always go with less is more. Um, you, the room that I think to really get playful and wild and out there is your images. That's just my preference. I know, I don't think there's a right or wrong. There are, there's room and a time and a place for everything, but I would agree with you. I think making your logo very simple and then also keeping in mind, you might have a primary logo and a secondary logo. So for example, your primary logo might be the name of your business and have kind of an emblem attached to it. But then the secondary might just be the little emblem itself that you can recognize everywhere without the name. Um, and when you are designing a logo, if you do this really embellished big logo, it might not fit and look good in different platforms. Like um, on an email signature, when it's shrunk that small, you might not see those details. So just I know it's fun. You want to add all those little elements, but keep in mind, you want to make it as simple as possible. I would have to agree. Um, and there's so much room in design to make things loud and out there. And that's, there's other places to do that. So yeah, I, I would agree. And then I'm curious about this, but this is, I don't know if this again crosses into other industries, but a lot of my students are designing quilt patterns. And so while their brand, let's say their brand is brown and pink, those are their main colors. And all of a sudden they design a quilt pattern that's got oranges in it and their logo. I don't, I, I'm kind of envious because my logo has colors in it. And sometimes I feel like it clashes with what I'm presenting. And then I see people whose logos are just black. It's just ink, you know, like black mm -hmm. ink. And I get mm -hmm. somewhat envious of like, well, that was smart of them because now it can mm -hmm. go on anything. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So logos, the good thing about a logos, um, you can actually change the color. I think black and white is universal and you can always make your logo black or white. If there's a instance where you have a very vibrant quilt and then you want to put overlay your logo on a photo then that might be the time and the place to do that. Um, I think it's almost, I think of black and white as just like black and white imagery. There's, it doesn't take away from the image itself. It doesn't say this image is different or that doesn't exist. It's just kind of muting it in a way to create a very, like where your eye isn't going to the logo, it's maybe going to the image behind it, but you're still branding it with your logo. So um, I think you can always, yeah, you can always make your logo white for when it's necessary for a certain thing. And that's another thing to keep in mind. If you have a really layered logo that has all these little details and you were to make it white and all of a sudden you lose all that and it's just a funky shape, that's also kind of a downside to having a very complex logo. But if it's a really clear emblem and you just turn it white or black, then You'll, it's always recognizable no matter what color it's in. 
Okay. So smart. How did I not think of that? I can still use my logo and make it black or white. Oh my goodness. Well, that was an aha moment. <laughs> oh, good. It's oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been super insightful. Is there, if you were to give just one tip to someone, if you had to boil down everything to the one most useful thing you would give someone when it comes to website design, what would that be? I would say, I think I have to use the less is more again with websites. Um, I think the website is, it's sort of like your first introduction with somebody. You don't need to share your whole life story with that person, but you want to give them enough where they can really feel you understand what your gifts are, what your offerings are. Um, and want to reach out and either buy the product or contact you or lead into a great client connection, but you don't need to spill every single thing on your website. I think a lot of people feel overwhelmed initially when they're designing a website because they want to just put everything on there, but consolidate it and get really clear on what it is you're offering, make it really legible and also beautiful. Um, again, beauty is a huge part in it, but it's similar to the branding. I think it's a, it's an opportunity for you to get really clear with how your business, you want it to be seen, or if it's, as if you're a sole proprietorship and you are your business, then make it feel like you, um, if you're kind of quirky, let your website be a little bit quirky. You don't have to make it something sterile and stark just because you think that's what other people want. You want it to be a direct line to your gifts and who you are and what you're offering and the right people will connect with that and want to work with you. That is so perfectly said. And I would love for our listeners to come and see the work that you do to, I think it's one thing to, to hear about it, but this is such a visual thing we're talking about. So if they want to go and see your work, where can they find you? Yeah, you can go to my Instagram at Layla Raider Designs. Um, and my website is LaylaRaiderDesigns.com. It's so ironic because I do websites for a living and preach this out. And then I realize I rarely update my website. So <laughs> that's on my list. I need to Isn't that the way? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a little embarrassing, but that is where you can find me. And yeah, I hope that wherever you are, you feel inspired to take the first step and you don't need a ton of money to start your business. And um, yeah, it's such a fun process and you can always grow and expand. Like you don't have to have the perfect website today, but having something is a place to start. Exactly. Well, yay. I hope our listeners enjoyed this as much as I did. And I, if any of our listeners do hire Layla, let me know. I'd love to feature your website. I'll put a link to Belle of Seems So Me. You did her website as well. And so listeners, if you're wondering where to find that, it's quilterscandy.com under podcast. And this is the episode with Layla Raid, Radar. Radar. Oh no. Now I'm saying Radar. Radar. Okay. <laughs> Layla Radar. It's like yes. the, the football team, but without an eye. Oh, Okay. I can remember that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much. I feel so honored. And 
yeah, I hope to get to maybe work with some of your, your people in your world. Yes, I'm sure you will. Thank All right. You. Well, thank you. Yeah. Layla, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You really do just have a calming presence, both in your personality and in your work. It's just simply beautiful. So if any of you are wanting to go and take a look at her work, either to hire her or to get ideas for how to do this on your own until you're ready to hire someone, again, it's Layla Raider Designs, and you can find the link in the show notes. This is episode 46. You can go to quilterscandy.com under the podcast tab and find that. And be sure to check in next week. We have a brand new episode every Friday of the Craft to Career podcast, where I help you turn your craft into a successful career. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.